What is going on, our good friends outside in the world? This is the, another edition of the CYJ Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you guys in. Uh, this is your host, Charlie. And once again, I'm here with my good friend, Yanko. How you doing, my friend? Hey, what's up, gentlemen? How y'all doing? Or gentle ladies and everyone who we're listening to. We're trying to reach out to everyone. Absolutely stoked to be back. Absolutely uh, ready for this podcast. But it feels a little empty, though, right, Charlie? Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's kind of weird just having a split screen rather than going three. Uh, unfortunately, uh, our good friend Josh uh, is, is kind of AWOL right now. We're kind of waiting for him to answer our text. We know he's doing okay. We just don't know where he's at at the moment. He, uh, he said he was probably not going to make it today. If he happens to make it, uh, we'll just let him into the, the second half of the podcast or something like that. But Josh, when you, li- when you listen to this, uh, we missed you today, buddy. We definitely missed you. Hey, everyone hey, has to take a vacation. Hey, dude, for sure. I, I know I need one. I haven't had a chance to do something like that. Hopefully in a couple of weeks, man. Hopefully in a couple of weeks. For sure, for sure. How was your weekend, bro? It was good. Uh, I meant to say everyone has to take a vacation because I know I certainly did. Nice. Uh, family and some close friends were able to escape a little bit. Uh, really just relax our minds, unwind, and then just get back into the routine. And that's a, that's harder to to do than to say, right? Getting back into the grind of things. But this is definitely a highlight for me getting to... Talk about football. Oh, yeah, man. It's definitely good. And, and, and you know, something else is good. I don't know if you've been catching on with it. It's not the greatest. I mean, it's not the NFL. But uh, have you been connection, catching up with the FCF? Uh, for the listeners, you want to tell us a little bit about what that is? FCF. So, honestly, maybe a couple of weeks <laughs> ago, I had no idea what the FCF was. Dang. However, a lot of the channels that uh, both you and I use and maybe some of the fans use to just keep up with football news, not necessarily always directed with and the NFL, I started getting a little tidbits here and there about, you know, Johnny Manziel reunited with former Browns wide receiver, uh, Josh Gordon, and uh, little things here and there, and a little bit of the, the clips that I catch on social media, it was enough for, to pique my interest, especially uh, since we don't have the NFL right now, a little bit of a placebo effect, if you would say, with the FCF. So just a, a quick summary of the SEF, a uh, quick Google uh, not to go too into it, but there's apparently four teams in the FCF. Uh, each have their own owners or co-owners, and all are represented by some kind of celebrity, right? So, for example, you got got uh, one team called the Glacier Boys that includes Quavo, the rapper, Richard Sherman, <laughs> a, uh, yeah, a former that. NFL because he's a free agent but hasn't retired yet, obviously, and Destroying, who is a, a big YouTuber. Uh, you got a team called Zappers. You've got a team called Wild Aces, and then you've got a team called Beast that... Fittingly, uh, mm-hmm. is represented Skittles. by exactly Marshawn Lynch. So it's you know it's kind of cool. They do a couple of things. It kind of reminds me of the Arena Football League. That if you're old enough, years many years ago was actually on uh, network television. You know hey, over the yeah. air. Yeah, I remember on NBC on on Saturday afternoons. You know there was absolutely nothing to do. You flip yeah. on the TV and hey, it was pretty good football. You remember the little field goals and then the out of bounds was actually like. Falling into the stands, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and they all they did, they they got creative, right? So just yeah. like the FCF right now, they're a little creative because they're trying to kind of give fans something to watch. Uh, it's a, basically a, for lack of a better term, a starter, right? Like a Kickstarter mm-hmm. to a business. We knew like XFL uh, had started before COVID with actual legit players that were recent. And it was going on pretty well. I actually it was. It was good stuff. This was there was a local team here where I live that was going to play in a baseball field, 
uh, where the Texas Rangers play. They were selling season tickets. It was a big deal. I was actually kind of interested just to stop by and see what was up. But COVID hit. They had to get rid of it or, you know, pause it. Not get rid of it. Pause it. And whatever my mind was going with get rid of it is I think the new owner is The Rock. Like Dwayne Johnson. And well, that's, like, well, that's where you're at. That's cool. I yeah. I and, you know, there's teams around the NFL uh, that are NFL cities, better said. Uh, that are situated in some stadium, smaller stadiums and whatnot. So hopefully, uh, for the sake of the sport, it'll come back. I don't mind watching it. Uh, but in the meantime, you have the FCF four teams. Uh, a quick catch, uh, a quick placebo effect, as mentioned earlier, uh, to the NFL. Former NFL stars, obviously, and Johnny Menzel being more of the uh, catch-all, bigger limelight type of player that he was in college brief stint in the NFL, uh, trying to play all over again. If you're into football, if you want to see the random uh, top plays that they have, it's interesting. It's not bad. It's not bad. I, I kind of, I was checking it out on Instagram. I, I actually, I got to be honest and straightforward, man. I have no idea where they're televising this. I don't know if this is on, on a network channel or if this is on cable TV or if this is just streamed through. I don't, I heard Twitch. I think Twitch was uh, the one that was streaming it up. I have no idea. I, I'm not really sure. I've been catching up through through Instagram, but I did catch the one thing Johnny Manziel said. So it, you can tell why he's not back in the NFL because he did say, <laughs> and I quote, and I quote, we win, we lose, we booze. Yep. Oh, I yeah. think uh, Johnny Manziel has not changed. Uh, there's a reason Johnny Manziel is in this league and not in the NFL. Uh, I did hear Josh Gordon is coming to the league. So that's interesting. I mean, you know I what? Guess... Josh Gordon was a. Uh... I think his last stint was with the Seahawks, if I'm not right. The actual Seattle Seahawks. I want to say yes. Yes, 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 yes. He, he just keeps getting in trouble. At the end. Yeah, yeah, man. He just keeps getting in trouble. Talk about a, a physical specimen with a ton of talent. But you could be the best player on earth if you just can't. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If you don't have your head on right, you're not going to get anywhere. And that kind of applies to all of life, right? But it's interesting to see. It's interesting to watch. Uh, I don't. My lack of explanation kind of gives should give the the audience kind of how much interest I have in it. Uh, they right, don't want right. they don't want to uh, you know if you go to their website, uh, an excerpt says we don't want any bandwagon fans in the FCF. So pick the team you you think will win it win it all and start helping call the shots today. So there's obviously some kind of interaction. It really has a game you know feel to it in regards to uh, kind of like Fortnite ish. At least all the logos and the colors and the way they present it does it have does a, look like that mm-hmm. it has that feel a twitch feel so give it a shot if you like if that's your thing it'll definitely give you uh, a little bit again of a placebo effect while the actual real football league uh is in an absence hey man and, and we're exactly what is it 15 days away is it the 15th 16th or 17th? i don't remember when free agency actually starts but we're two weeks away we're yeah. two weeks away, and, and it's getting going, man. This week, as we know, the news broke out this morning. J.J. Watt finally signed, man. J.J. Watt to the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know about you, man, but I was a little bit surprised. Not where he was headed, but the actual contract getting finalized two weeks before free agency. I thought with the whole cap situation, things were going to be a little bit different. But what are your thoughts? Are you surprised? Uh, what does this do? Let's get into it. J.J. Watt, man, big news. So initially... Big surprise. You had a couple of connections here and the here and there with the league, especially with his brother in Pittsburgh. Uh, you had other teams that you thought would be a good fit for him. For example, the Browns, teams that are on the up and up, 
teams that are maybe at the you know at the precipice of just needing that one veteran leadership that one positional player exactly to get to the next Mm -hmm. level i will say this i do love how jj watt handled the the texans situation very professional exactly how he handled his social media and how he announced it today so it's a picture of him working out on his social media and it says source me Mm-hmm. At the end of a career uh, that a lot of other positional players have had, they kind of got a little outlandish. They kind of got a little, you know, over the top, and you kind of just tuned them out. But this guy has always been textbook professional, stay in his lane, work at his craft, helped out the community. How much, mil- how many millions of dollars that they donate to him recently? You know, in the mm-hmm. you mentioned it on one of the other podcasts. Yeah. And then how many millions of dollars did he donate? Not because of his exit from Houston, but because of the hurricane that hit uh, a while back with uh, the devastation that it caused and him supporting the city of Houston. So overall, good player. Surprised, though, that Arizona took him. How much do you think, Charlie, was uh, the conference or how much do you think was Nook? I mean, DeAndre Hopkins kind of just saying, hey, I, I, come on I, over. Yeah, I think it, it, I think it's a little bit of both. So uh, to me, in my head, I, I figured it this way. If it wasn't... I mean, we can talk about fits, you know, and kind of go off on that. But but the reality was, to me, if it wasn't Pittsburgh, I don't think he was going to land anywhere in the AFC because of his brother. I think it kind of goes back to the whole Peyton Manning, Eli Manning at the end of the career, how Peyton didn't want to play against yeah, his brother. Yeah, maybe You know, maybe maybe to them it was like, well, if we're going to fight face each other, it'll be in the Super Bowl. Or at least that's how they picture it. So coming down to Arizona just makes absolute sense if I'm KJ Watt. You know, Nuke's calling you up. Hey, come on down, brother. This is this is good. You know, Texans, terrible organization, and it's been great for me. So I can see how DeAndre Hopkins was under his ear for the last couple of months, maybe last couple of weeks particularly. But more than anything, I do have to say, bro, two years, 31 million, 23 guaranteed. That's a lot and, of money. And I, that's a lot of money. And, and, and we could talk about whether J.J. Watt needs the money or not. He probably doesn't. But I think that's a lot of money. For A, the stage of his career where he's at, and yeah. B, the situation of the cap that we know, heck, I am one to think that I'm not sure he was going to get that offer in a lot of teams. I don't think so. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but I, I, I do think that J.J. Watt saw this opportunity was like, heck, man, I am taking and running with it. Not only that, have you seen who he's going to share the defensive line with, bro? I know off air, you and I were talking about a little bit yeah, of the, before that we started the show with how this how this fits in statistically for the defense in Arizona, and yeah, Jones the is it Chandler Jones? Chandler Jones, man. Yep. Chandler Jones outside, man, right on the line. Interesting little uh, tidbit: Chandler Jones has very talented brothers. Now uh, Arthur Jones with the Ravens, also a defensive end, and yep. then John's Bones Jones, MMA fighter. Uh, so obviously, a very athletic family. A very gen- genetics did them good, man. Yeah, yeah, and there is a little bit of uh, if you. I did some quick reading. John Jones actually uh, is thought to be a great physical specimen for football as well. So all three of them realistically could have played uh, football. But kind of going back to JJ Watt, what was the stat that you mentioned, Charlie, about uh, the sack stat that the defense? Yeah. Had? So since about twenty, I didn't. I missed. I don't know where I left the note, but since between 2014 and 2015, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt have actually led the NFL in sacks combined. And granted, this was one was on the Texans, one was on Arizona. Guess what? They are now together. 
So that is just one heck of a statistic. You, you're telling me you can put J.J. Watt next to Chandler Jones? Or as we mentioned in a couple episodes again, you can actually put J.J. Watt as an end as well. Yep. So that's, that's the really cool thing about J.J. Watt. You, I mean, heck, you can put him at tight end if you want once in a while. I know he did that a couple years ago. So let me, let me ask you this, Charlie. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what, what number do you think is an okay number for a defensive player on the defensive line to average per year in sacks? What's a doable number? Okay, so so let me ask you this real quick: Is it doable or good? Like, what, what are we talking about? Just just good. You, let's say let's good. say good. Yeah. So so, so mid tier, but you know, mid tier. Right? Yeah. I am going to say that if, if I have a player that gives me six to eight sacks a season, I'd be happy with it. Now with JJ Watt, I'm not saying that he is a player who merited that much money because both you and I had the same reaction with how much money was given. But bringing up his stats, 10 years in the league, and we have to remember that he's had injuries. He's had a couple of uh, setbacks. Pretty he's big aver- ones, actually. Yeah, he's averaged, I mean, just a hair over 10 sacks a year. Oh, wow. He had, uh, a, he's had some really big years. He's won the Defensive Player of the Year. We've already mentioned how he's a good guy. He's gotten the Walter Payton Manning uh, of the Year. Uh, but... I'm sorry, the Walter Payton... The, the, the that award. I yeah, I, got you, I, got I stumbled you. a little bit. I got you, I got you. Still, my mind is still vacationing, but let me get back. Ten year, ten sacks a year, is pretty good. It's yes, it pretty is. good. Uh, that's consistency. That is something that obviously dictated the market for him to get these numbers and forget to get to get the attention earlier and, last and, week. And Yanko, just to put a little note on what you're saying, before, I, don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but he he's a player who, like Aaron Donald, gets double or triple covered the majority of the game. Yeah. Yep. No, that's that's something else. A little note there, but carry on. I I just wanted to mention that. No, and to in regards to you know his playing or his career, if you remember, it was a big deal for the Texans organization to draft when they had JJ Watt, and then they drafted uh, that tight not tight end, sorry, the other defensive lineman, long hair, Jadavian Clowney. Jadavian Clowney, and it was pretty high too. It was a pretty high one. draft pick. Yeah, and obviously his stint with Houston. Was a little stunted. He didn't bode as well as uh, J.J. Watt has. But kind of just further alluding back to the conversation about you add Chandler Jones, you add J.J. Watt to a defensive line that was already putting up good numbers. Mm-hmm. I know you questioned specifically last podcast about the head coach in Arizona, and now you it didn't is. think he how he was doing. How much do you think this helps Arizona, at least from the offensive side of the ball? And coaching, because you live in that NFC West division. That's something that, as a fan of the 49ers, you get to see. What do you feel now is at least initial reaction adding J.J. Watt do to that conference? Hey, brother, one word, scared. It's, it's, as a Niner fan, scared. Scared is the word. As an analyst, I, I, I got to say, this team, definitely, definitely, I think J.J. Watt gives you one two more wins that you probably had projected for last year he immediately gives you another game why time and time again jj watt has had uh, crazy plays where he comes in and and just turns around a game or or wins you a game stuff like that so i think he can immediately give you an extra win maybe two does that ultimately get the the cardinals to become i think a powerhouse in the nfc i'm actually going to say no i i still think the problem is the coach and, well, the coach is not known for being an off, uh, defensive coach, right? So I, 
is this going to make them better? Yes. I, I think the defensive line is amazing. And I think they're going to be in contention for every game of the season. I just think there's a lot of, I don't want to use, I don't know. I don't want to use the word ignorance because that's not the word. I, I uh, Maybe not as, un, they're, maybe they're a little bit undisciplined. Okay. I think they're, they're not, I think, I think they're a very young team. And, and, and I don't want to say young either because Sean McVay is a young coach. Yep. Sean McVay probably has the same type of issues that he could have had. I just don't think he's a good coach. And I think that's the main problem. So, you know, maybe this is the year where he finally comes out and he finally shows us why Arizona hired him. I want to say, you know, the Cardinals are actually going to, they are going to be better. I just, I, I wouldn't really fear them. I think if anything, they're a seven seed, maybe a six seed in the NFC, but I don't think this makes them, I don't think personally the money should have been invested there. If you get where I'm coming from. Yeah, of course, of course. What they, what they already had. Of course. And to be completely honest with you, sitting outside of the NFC West uh, as a fan, you see a couple of items uh, that come across your table in regards to fandom and uh, quick alerts, right? So the big one for the NFC West, initially, Matthew Stafford. Mm -hmm. And then as of recent, you have Russell Wilson and the quote-unquote disgruntledness that we'll, we'll get into uh, later on in the episode. Uh, the Niners have been relatively... I guess quiet uh, mm-hmm, from the, yeah, considering everything that's been going on around them, and then Arizona. Arizona, from a franchise standpoint, is definitely giving their head coach Clemsbury the recipe for success. They're giving him Absolutely. every tool. I'm sure Absolutely. he had a ton of input on this, and I'm sure JJ looked at who the head coach is. Mm-hmm. He he had a crazy one in Houston. Uh, everything from the head coach all the way up to the owner. I'm sure he saw. Uh, just to give you a, a couple of quick notes, Chandler Jones has led the NFL in sacks since he was drafted in the first round in 2012 with 97. Second during that span, J.J. Watt. Yeah, there you go. So it's 2012. That was my mistake on the year. Yeah, 2012. Absolutely. And the Defensive Player of the Year's awards, the Pro Bowls, the accolades that they, everyone's going to in a career like J.J. Watt or Chandler Jones for that matter – don't amount to anything unless you get to a championship. Mm-hmm. And in your division uh, that you're a fan of, the Niners have been there been there recently. The Seahawks have been there recently. The Rams have been there recently. You're the only team in that division who hasn't been there recently. Mm-hmm. And Last overall... Time you think about was the... And it's a championship a few years well, ago. Well, the, the Cardinals oh, wow. went to the Super Bowl uh, against the Steelers. Yeah, in 09. And Bruce Arians at the helm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know... A good game, Santonio Holmes' is catch, crazy. But um, not to get too far off subjects, you're starting to ge- you're starting to be the the team that's kind of feeling left out. The team that uh, needs to do something. And what I'm trying to get to, and to come full circle on this, is this isn't the move I I expected from the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. This isn't the move that uh, I thought would have happened, not necessarily for the Cardinals, but to where J.J. Watt was going. Interestingly enough, and I'm not sure how much of this plays into it, you have Russell in Seattle going, I get hit too much. <laughs> oh, man, bro, you're in for a and now, surprise, my and friend. And now a, a team that you've, you are going to face twice a year and other teams around your same conference in the same division are starting to load, load up. Off air, you mentioned other cleat players at the same position or the defensive line. Yeah, get this, bro. So, so get this. You got, I mean, obviously, Niner real quick. Nick Bosa, Eric mm-hmm. Armstead, 
You know, they're, they're good at getting their, they're getting their, their sacks. Now you got, we've mentioned it, Chandler Jones. You got J.J. Watt. You got Aaron Donald. Yep. You got Leonard Floyd. And guys, these are just names that you automatically recognize. The casual fans are going to recognize these names. This is not even to mention those extra good pieces that are already on these defensive lines in the NFC West. So if, if, if we consider this a transition into the Russell Wilson conversation a little bit. Yeah. Boy, boy, oh boy. Russell Wilson. And I, I, I don't blame him. For the last couple of years, Seattle has been, you know, anytime there's a big wide receiver in the market, anytime there's a big name on the market, oh, Seattle's interested. Oh, Seattle's interested. Uh, Yanko, when was the last time Seattle was interested in getting a top tier, you know, offensive lineman? You know, a, a legitimate, I know they got a left tackle from the Texans, I believe. That's where but, I was going to go. That was where I was, and ironically, the tie-in with JJ, and then right, yeah, <laughs> and they just keep coming up a little bit. Not, um, not done on purpose, but obviously, uh, that's exactly where I was going. How far, as an organization like Seattle, do you go without addressing the needs that? And let's be honest, your quarterback is the face of your franchise. A successful franchise always has a successful quarterback. Mm-hmm. Where there's smoke, there's bound to be at least a little bit of fire. I'm not sure how much of these trade talks and how much of these rumors are slightly true, true, or just rumors in themselves. The media will will get run with anything, you know, a little clip it from a an excerpt anything. that he might have mentioned and next, and next year, years you know, ago to now. Yeah. And they try to piece together what is their version of the truth. However, this is the first year that I recall that Russell Wilson was tr- was tied to any rumor that it was affecting his career, that was showing a little bit of disgruntledness, a little bit of unhappiness. He's always been, and I'm going to use this word again, the epitome of a professional, especially at a, at a quarterback position. Which is He's, why it's a little surprising when, when with the whole Dan Patrick interview comes out and, and, and mentions that. Because up until this point of his career, he's never, as you mentioned, he's never shown any sort of, I want to be out of here. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very curious. Um with this whole situation with that. And about. sometimes I've we've come to know that big players talk through their agents and sometimes mm-hmm. agents, their actual managerial agent will put things out there for to try to get what their player or their customer wants demanded of. So for example, if Russell says I'm getting hit too much, his agent might have put that out there telling the franchise hey, we need to protect him. Your first round pick better them be the exactly offensive lineman it's year. it's a, a subliminal message to get to the franchise to get to the organization the gm and the head coach all the people that matter from a managerial position to go is he really going to leave or what is he asking for russell what are I your thoughts what do you think what what, what do you think is, 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 I it don't, smoke? is it smoke i think it's smoke is, man i, I think it's smoke because of okay. one of two things if it really is something that he really wants to leave, that he really wants to get out of there, I think there would be more going on, especially before the NFL actual year starts. Where I think it, where I think it's the other way, where I think it's just a little bit of, a, I guess, rumor foreplay or a little bit of disgruntledness to a certain degree, is because I don't think anyone really has the assets to give up the farm to Seattle. 
Who I, would, I agree. I agree. I don't, I don't hold it far-fetched. I don't, I don't think it's impossible. Well, it's been one crazy offseason. I got to tell has. you that. So if, if it's ever going to happen, it would be now. I don't think the, the discussions will necessarily go away up until the big fish that our free agents are signed, until the draft is over and done with, where you start seeing the teams that have, have a legitimate lead at quarterback. Now, we could talk about, and we have talked about the teams that need a quarterback to get them to the next level, but how many of those can afford it? How many of those have the assets to trade? How many of those are willing to give up the farm just to get Russell Wilson? Because if Russell Wilson says, I'm getting hit too much, but I'm comfortable where I am, it doesn't mean that he won't get traded to a team where it, the situation will be worse. So that has to be in his head. That has to That's be true. something that he's considered to go, I'm a little unhappy, but I could be made content. Absolutely, absolutely. Seattle is Russell Wilson. He, well, Seattle, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it's safe to say that Russell Wilson's the best player in franchise history. You know, now, I, I think we can, we can both oh, agree Oh, for that. sure. For sure. Not even but, these, this team was an irrelevant. I mean, they had a few stints here and there, but this was really an irrelevant franchise up until 2000. And for someone who maybe you could name more players than I could, but so, but someone who is uh, not a fan and that part of the mm -hmm. conference and the NFL, excuse me, I could name a few, right? Prior to Russell Wilson, you had the Legion of Boom, which kind of coincided with Russell Wilson. Well, really, really, they both came into fruition. Exactly. Marshawn Lynch, mm -hmm. Seattle. Mm -hmm. You have uh, Steve Largent. How how back? How far back am I going? I mean, you're going. You're going pretty far, man. Yeah. Hasselbeck. They, they had their stint. Yeah. You're, you're what I was going to mention. Sean Alexander. Mm -hmm. And then the Boz, who was like an '80s superstar <laughs> coming. You know, a linebacker. Other than that, I mean, I can't. I can't name so much. And so it, it goes to show the irrelevancy that the Seahawks have had prior to at least a recent window of time where Russell has been relevant. So you've got to make a decision, and, and this is more of the hypothetical, right? Uh, let, let's just say that this isn't smoke. Let's just say that Russell is, in reality, he's uncomfortable in Seattle. He wants out. He's doing what he can to get out of Seattle. And let's say the reports that he supposedly has said about his situation with Pete Carroll are true. If you are ownership what side do you begin taking? Because at the end of the day, ownerships have to make a decision. Let's put ourselves in the scenario that this is actually true. What way do we go? Are we going to go Russell or are we going to go Pete Carroll? For me, Pete Carroll, he's an older gentleman. He's still smart. And I'm not saying that you can put a, an age or a number on how far you can work in the NFL, at least as a head coach. But money-wise... Business-wise, Russell is bringing you in merchandise. Russell is bringing you in publicity. Russell is attracting your team to be picked by the networks who want to solidify those big time slots, right? Who won't flex this game out of their schedule because it's Russell Wilson. Yeah. He's going to keep you in any game regardless of the situation. Exactly. And he's proved that time and time again. We have to remember that he was in a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl early on in his career. Now, you could say, and it's definitely debatable, that was it really him? Was it because of the Legion of Boom? Whatever the case may be, whoever you have at the quarterback position, especially in the biggest, brightest lights that the NFL can mm -hmm. offer, he handled it well. 
Hey, Yanko, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just make a, and I'm gonna make a little note on that. I'm glad you brought that up. This, and this is coming from, like I said, a Niner fan. You guys have known by now, a Niner fan, who in those years completely oh, felt disgruntled by the, the, the Seahawks for so long. It was, it was hard to watch football in those years. Everybody loves to mention, particularly that, oh, he was carried by the team. Was he though? I mean, was he really from a Niner fan who saw so many Seahawks games? Do you know how many times even that amazing defense still depended on that one final drive of Russell Wilson? Oh, for sure. Or he would, or he had to scramble out of the pocket and then you know make something out of nothing. I think there's a song about that. Yeah. <laughs> make something yeah. out of nothing. I mean, you know, Russell Wilson. Me, sometimes I feel is just one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. Even though he's actually. Talked about a lot. He's still so underrated. He's is not mentioned size? in the exactly. go talks. He's, he's not, not mentioned, and he's I not. I brought that up. I think uh, episode one or episode two. And to be honest, I think he deserves to be up there. I think so too. He he's starting to build up a career that will be mentioned and talked about, even if he does his whole career in Seattle as one of the greater quarterbacks. You have he's, to consider he's in, he's in the Hall of Fame if he retires. Of course, him. of course, you have to consider. Everything, not only as the position or who he is, but his physical stature. One of the biggest knocks that he had coming out of the draft was he's not, he's short for QB standards. Mm-hmm. He's a multi-athlete in regards to, he got drafted in the MLB, he got drafted in the NFL. And the mere fact that there are teams like the Cowboys, like the Bears, like the Saints, and even my precious Raiders that are rumored to go after him show goes to show his stock value goes to show that the NFL definitely acknowledges his greatness. That mm-hmm. definitely acknowledge that they're they're willing to do things for Russell. I'll give you an example. The Bears when they went to the Super Bowl, Rex Grossman at the helm. With if let's plug in Russ. If Russ would have been there. That's it, man. That's it's, it. Hey Manning it, doesn't have a ring. My point being that the quarterback with having a good approach on not necessarily just football life but life to keep his mental uh his mentalness sharp and intact to be a good representative of the team to be a good representative of the league to be a good representative of the position goes a long way mm-hmm. you just don't because you have the talent physically doesn't mean that you're going to carry your franchise to the next level and so to answer your question which we asked you know we got the circle we got we, circle exactly I would, home. I would go with russell Okay, Russell's yeah. shown to be coachable. I agree. Russell, Russell's shown to be flexible. You, you know, I think you give the appreciation to Pete. I think Pete, what Pete's done in Seattle is outstanding. Surely, of course. Yeah, outstanding, outstanding. He came, came from USC, and he's created a culture of winning in Seattle. Regardless, he's he's created it all. I will, but, I will say this. I will say yeah. this. And, and I think Pete was a little blinded by, a little bit, at least initially, by Russell Wilson's greatness. In the Super Bowl, hand the ball over. And Let Marshawn run it in instead of I, trying I, to glorify I, Russell. I, I I love Russell Wilson so much that I believe if it was up to Russell Wilson, he gives that ball to Marshawn Lynch. Oh, whole, wholeheartedly, Mar- I agree. Marshawn Lynch is, I mean, uh, Russell Wilson is, no, Russell Wilson is such a team player. He's, oh. he's, he's what you want at the quarterback position. And, 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 you know, to bring this home, this conversation particularly, Russell Wilson, you know, bring back to the, the Niners Chiefs Super Bowl. Once again, the Niners didn't win that Super Bowl because they didn't have an above average quarterback. They had an average quarterback. 
Yep. You have that ex you have that superstar piece, you always got a chance in the Super Bowl. So, you know, let, let, let's flip the conversation now. So again, let's continue in the scenario of Russell Wilson. You mentioned four teams. You know, those are the four teams that supposedly, you know, the rumors are saying those are the teams Russell Wilson would give his thumbs up if the situation would be. You know, you let's say you're the GM of these four teams. Did they already make the call to Schneider? Did they already call him? Who oh, most certainly. Right? Most certainly. And I, I, I've been asked this off air. I've been asked this with you guys uh, mm -hmm. through group messages and everything else. And I'll start with the Raiders because it's easy for me to start with the Raiders, right? Sure, 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 sure. Would you let Derek Carr go? I wouldn't let him go, but for anyone other than Russell Wilson. Absolutely. Completely yeah, I mean <laughs> honest. Now, you could say, well, what about Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson, he's great. He's good. I'd rather have a more distinguished player, someone who's proven to be great, than someone who has the potential to be great. The Raiders right now need to win within a window that, uh, as a fan, as a franchise, and as good for the league. Because with the Raiders, I firmly believe when the Raiders are good, it helps the league. Yeah, it's a big name. It's a big name franchise. Though, it's a, if Russell Wilson would be punched in there, does that change? You know, I know your defense. It, I mean, if you, as, as a as a, person, a fan, you're gonna say, "Well, the defense still sucks." True. Does does does? But Russell, I mean, the Seattle defense sucked. It was probably the worst one in the exactly NFL, what so. you you pulled the words out of my mouth. So now you're gonna you defense wise, I would still rank the Seahawks a little bit better than the Raiders because they have uh, two pieces, right? Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, a couple of pieces that are are good at their positions. Who have anchored the defense. However, what I would rebuttal to that is you put Russell Wilson in the offensive line that Derek Carr has had. The Ooh. Raiders offensive line has is notoriously good. As a matter of fact, they have the best center or one of the best centers in the league. I, so what, I personally would put him number one. There's, yeah. there's some really jaw-breaking. I mean, yeah, Gabe Jackson is great. Now, yes, if you put sure. Russell Wilson with an, a legit offensive line, what more could he do? We've seen him make players in Seattle out of offensive players, wide receivers, tight ends, a no one into someone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if it, you, pl it, if you yeah. plug him in, I'm not being a fanboy. I'm, being a, I'm trying to be a realist. If you plug in Russell in Las Vegas, I think their odds significantly jump. More Yanko. than J.J. Watt to the, D, to the Cardinals. Yanko. Would you, can you remind me, Henry Ruggs, if you can? Hopefully, it's not on the spot, but his 40 yard dash from last year in the. I think it was like a 4 4 2 or a. Uh, no, it, I think it's faster, it like a 4 faster. 2 something. Yeah, I think it was, it was in the 4 2s. Um, can you remind me now who throws the best deep pass in the NFL? <laughs> other, than other, other than Patrick? Other than Patrick? I, Russell I, is definitely I, up there. I think Russell throws the more, you know, more, a more pretty deep ball than, than, than Holmes, but you know. I'm not trying to get you excited, but, you know, there's there's potential there. There's so much potential in that offense. But how much do you give up? And that's the question. How and, much and do you give up? And and I, and does that deteriorate? You know, because you, you, Russell Wilson, he wants to figure out the whole, I don't want to get hit it that much, but at what point was it worth it? Because maybe for one year your offensive line's good, but now you can't draft anybody because you've given away everything for the future. Of course. Of and you course. can't pay everyone. I mean, and I don't know probably... what the cap's what the cap is with Russell. I don't know either, but that's exactly what I was going to say because you're probably giving up and having to cut some people that you have already. You're getting away of assets that you have in the draft. You're probably having to trade more people other than just Derek Carr. And ultimately, before we move on to the three other teams, 
of the three other teams other than maybe Dak, Derek Carr is probably the best quarterback to be traded from these four teams for Seattle or yep. to Seattle. But just for clarification, his cap hit for this year is $32 million. Next year, $37 million, and in 2023, $40 million. It's not, it's not crazy to think that that's a lot of money because of what quarterbacks are trying to get now and what, what quarterbacks that are to a lesser degree uh, in comparison to Russell will get in the future. It, it, it's not. But, but, but you remember, whoever gets Russell in this scenario that we're yep. in is giving up away assets from the draft. And as we know, the best way to build a, a good team is to build the rookie contract, right? Because yep. you don't, you, you get to distribute your cap, your cap a little bit better. So now you're paying a lot of your cap into the quarterback, and now you don't have a way to get more players. You're gonna have to go through free agency, but you don't have money. So, so you can see how that could become a little bit of an issue. There's a little bit of a snowball effect for sure. Mm -hmm. And the rate, and the Raiders don't have a ton of cap space. But let me move on to the next one: the Saints. Who? Ah, come on. I, they, I, I, what I cap space that, do I, they have? I found that ridiculous. I I don't understand. And and I guess I guess their GM is just above. Average. I mean, he's got to be like top three GMs in the NFL, man. Because he must be a wizard. For the last ten years, for the last ten years, no kidding aside, you know, the Saints are always to be said that they are like seventy million dollars over the cap, and yeah. yet they're always signing players left and right. And you're like, and that's always something that I've always questioned. Like, okay, I mean, how long can you continue putting it in the backpedal? You know, like yeah. putting that cap because eventually it's never going to run out if you keep doing that. At some point, the Saints are going to have to rebuild. They have, they have to. At some point, that that doomsday for a fan will come where you're going to have the Saints irrelevant for a little bit. And not because so, I'm not hating. It's because oh, of no. money. It has to. It, it's what, what the Patriots and, and people might argue, well, the Patriots. Well, you got to remember, the Patriots never paid Tom Brady high dollars. No. He was average in the middle here. Tom Brady's the GOAT because he's smart. Whether he's getting money funneled through other areas, no, that's another discussion for another argument. Yeah. Patriots, <laughs> Patriots have been known to cheat, so that would not even be surprising. The Flakegate. The Flakegate, yeah. Man, the mass, there's a lot of <laughs> Spygate. <laughs> Let's not get into that. There's no reason to. <laughs> it was a fumble. Was it? Oh. Anyway. I'm not a Raider, so I'm not, <laughs> I, I could kind of argue that anyway. Anyway. You know, it, 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 it's Sean Payton calling Drew Brees right now. Brother, are you or are you not? Uh, he has you to know what? He ha Is he though? You know, I mean, that video is starting to bring I was up about a lot to go questions. there. I was you about know? to go there. Why, Ooh, would, man. why would I put out a workout video if I'm going to retire? Just when the Russell Wilson talks start exactly. coming. Exactly. And if you think about it, and I'm a firm believer in, in quarterback play being – 90% of, of your success, that's a big number. But just to give it relevance. No, no but it is. It, I think so. If Drew Brees doesn't come back, you have Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Do you really run with Taysom Hill? Do you really run with Jameis Winston who will give you, yeah, seven touchdowns, but, but six interceptions? Inter <laughs> yeah, or seven interceptions. There's a reason why the Saints are being mentioned for the Russell Wilson talks. Mm -hmm. If it's fake or, or real... There's a reason why they're asking for it. Do the any of these teams that I've mentioned, Raiders, Saints, Bears, Cowboys, when they receive Russell Wilson, if and when in some crazy EA Sports Madden trade, they're instantly relevant. 
Absolutely. I, I do have to say that I think out of those four teams, the Saints is a situation where I think they're able to give up the the I know I know I mentioned the whole cap right now, but I think they're the team that would be able to give up draft assets and immediately become Super Bowl contenders. The the probably the oh, the, sure. be, the best team in the South. I know Tom Brady's there, but I think with the weapons on defense that this team has and the weapons on offense, I think this team becomes the best team in the NFC. And we know what what Russell versus Tom looks like. We have. And, and I think Russell at that point says, give it to Kamara. Give it to Kamara. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So that's the same situation. What about the Bears, Charlie? Ah, man, the Bears. I, I, I think here's my take on the Bears. And, and I, it's actually something that little little hidden nugget for the following little Easter egg. That's something that I, that I was going to talk to you about for later in the show. I don't like the Bears situation. I, I love their defense. I think they're one good quarterback away. But here, here, here's something, bro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you out three names real quick. Okay. I'm gonna give you three quarterback names: Mitchell Trubisky, and Mike Glennon, and Mark Sanchez. You know what those three quarterbacks have in common? What's that? Those are the three quarterbacks this general manager and coach decided was the future of their organization a couple years ago. The two of these quarterbacks got paid big money. Yeah. Two of these quarterbacks got money to play for the Chicago Bears. Is that an organ? Is that a group of leaders you can trust? And that's personally, is that a group of individuals you can trust to run your organization? You don't you don't hear a lot of fire or a lot of uh negative press, better said, from a Bears organization as much as you do from other ones, right? No, no, you don't, but you don't. In this case, to go to your point. Actions speak more than words. Mm -hmm. Their decision-making, the way they've approached that position, and the Bears were relevant, and I think to a degree still are. They're not at the they bottom are. of the, of the they NFL. Are. They are. But they're relevant, and they may be a piece or two away for becoming top half of the league, right? The big trade, Khalil Mack. They've had a good uh, defense here and there where... They've had some positional key players that have kept them in games. They definitely could have used a kicker. Yeah. But we have to remember, we mentioned this earlier also. Robbie Gold. <laughs> Robbie Gold. Yep. Robbie Gold, the dink, doink, donk uh, field goal kick, right? But you are an organization that legitimately thought Mitchell Trubisky was going to be favored over the quarterbacks that came out of that draft class. Mm -hmm. And now they're in this conversation because of that choice, because of that draft. And see, that's and that's exactly what I mean. I, if I'm Russell Wilson, it's like, geez, it's hard for me to believe that because the pressure is going to be on this season, especially if you trade for Russell Wilson. For mm -hmm. me, if you're Chicago, first of all, Nagy's on the hot seat. He's not just on the hot seat. He might not get through the 2021 season. And whether that's a hot take or not, I don't even think it's that hot of a take. I really think Nagy's in a very tough situation. So is the GM. If Russell Wilson comes here, now it's Super Bowl or bust. It is absolutely Super Bowl or bust. Forget about having to get over the hump with the Packers. You don't only have to beat the Packers. You need to get to the Super Bowl. No ifs, ands, or buts. I don't care what it is. And I don't... I, maybe I'm wrong to think that, but I don't think Russell Wilson, I, I know that they're saying that he's okay with going there, but I think out of these four scenarios, honestly speaking, I think Chicago is actually the fourth 
best situation for him out of these four. Personally, my favorite, I know I mentioned my favorite situation, not that it's going to be the best team, I think it's the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's the Dallas Cowboys. I, I think their offensive line had a lot of issues last year. I know it's a little bit outdated. It's not as good as it once was. But a lot of, I mean, bro, this is talking an offensive line that had the worst luck of all time. Yeah. The worst. And, and, yeah. and look at the supporting cast. Uh, Dak Prescott was on record to shatter the NFL passing yards last season. Record. Oh, my it gosh. It was going to be like 6,500 yards or something like that. Something that you'd only do in Madden. <laughs> and how many hearts broke when he broke uh, I know, uh, no, in fantasy? Heart. My heart broke, man. My heart <laughs> broke in fantasy. Oh, man. Thankfully, uh, Herbert had just been picked up that week. So, so kinda... let's transition over to the Cowboys. Uh, and for the Bears fans, because I know there's a couple of listeners that are Bears fans. This is this is something that you guys need at the quarterback position, not necessarily Russell. This is something that the Bears want. I just don't think Russell's going to happen in Chicago. And that, this is probably, so, as, a, as a Raider fanboy, this is probably one of the only lists that the Raiders aren't lasting, so I'm happy for that. <laughs> I, and maybe, and maybe I'm totally wrong with my with my diagnosis of the situation, but I, I just don't see that how how that can be a good situation. So, but anyway, let's talk about the Cowboys a little bit, so we can jump on to the next section. Yeah. And, so, and Bears fans, before anything, we are gonna there is a little section where we're gonna talk about you guys, particularly in something. So hang in there for a little while. Cowboys, mm -hmm. the big looming deal right now above their their heads is getting Dak Prescott right. Why would you be involved in a situation that you're a part of a trade rumor? And maybe it's not by choice, right? But hear me out. Where you would take Russell Wilson in if you have Dak Prescott sitting there. Well, I'm not trying to justify that Dak Prescott is better than Russell Wilson. By no means necessary. No. However, this is going to go back to what Josh mentioned uh, the last episode. If you wanted to commit... If you really believed in Dak, you would have signed him already. And anything, all the things that are happening are indicative of there's a little bit of hesitation. He's going to be, he's going to earn over 60 to $65 million in two years because of the franchise tag. That's more money than Russell Wilson. That's more money than some top tier quarterback. That's more money than Kirk Cousins pulled off a few years ago. Exactly. And that was, For and that two years. Mm -hmm. For two years. I'm not saying Dak isn't worth the money. I think Dak is relevant to a degree, especially when you have teams that have Mitch Trubisky or when or, or other teams that like have been struggling heck, at heck, the QB heck, position. I want to say that I, I would take him open heartedly to the 49ers. Dak Prescott 49ers. I think he's the link that could totally get him. But anyway, you put Dak Prescott point. with the Bears. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a I think it's a good fit. But when it comes back to the Cowboys, the Cowboys are an irrelevant organization if they don't have a superstar quarterback. Mm -hmm. If they don't have someone that can carry that star on the helmet and bring that value, not only to the field, but the Cowboys aren't the richest franchise in the world, a sports franchise in the world for no reason. They have good marketing. They have good publicity. They have a good stadium. They have good a Lord, great can business. You imagine if Russell they don't have Wilson a quarterback, and, yeah. or if, if they have Russell Wilson, how much My does that God. value skyrocket? Not to mention everything else as a ripple effect to the locker room, to the players, heck, to heck, the... What team is always on national TV? You put Russell Wilson to the Cowboys? Oh the Cowboys gosh. are on national TV regardless of anything. How much would that change the TV contracts? 
I want immensely more than ever. <laughs> immensely. Now their offensive line isn't as great as it was, right? They lost Travis Frederick. He got sick. Shout you know, shout out to him. He tried to come back hard. They've had their what's their left tackle that got paid? Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith, who was great, but he's gonna ah. he's kind of been a little injury prone lately. You have a good running back in Zeke. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. Uh, you know, what, that's, of, something, that's a little bit. Of, that's a conversation that I would like to say. If we make this move, I say you try to ship out Zeke, man. I, I, I knee jerk reaction I, to that, Charlie. I agree with you. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I think you have a serviceable running back with the backup that they have. They could Hollywood. probably get someone in, like someone like that's a free agent, like Mark Ingram, someone back there that can is serviceable if you have Russell Wilson there. However, do you have the, the economics? All the economics, okay. Do you have the, the assets to give away in Dallas to get someone like Russell? They have Because that's, that's the question. I mean, we're, we're, we're looking at it. There. Okay, he's coming here, but what are you – yeah, how do you get him? <laughs> now, there was – there was a, a report that came out this year. I mean, this year. Well, yes, this year, but a couple of days ago that mm -hmm. the trade of Russell Wilson to Dallas was quoted laughable. Right? Now, I read that. if it's laughable or not, I'm not sure if it was a laugh of joy or a laugh of sarcasm. Obviously, it's geared towards sarcasm. But it goes to show that how much teams are willing to do for a player like Russell. Mm -hmm. And if I'm the Seahawks organization... I'm a little worried. This isn't something I kind of just sweep under the rug. Because I'm sure they've had outlandish trade scenarios thrown at them. Mm -hmm. How much is enough? Yeah. How much at is what, it? At what point does it make sense? You know, because if you're Seattle too, you got to realize you're trading him away. And we mentioned he immediately becomes a, a contender. Are those picks even valuable if he is a contender? Are yeah. they worth anything? Are you going to get back what you're giving away? Ooh, big question, man. Big, and to, to go back to what you said earlier, just to kind of wrap it up, when he did go on the Dan Patrick show, he was asked if the potential trade was done, how he felt. And the response, that's a Seahawks question. He is the Seahawks. He is. He is. You, you, let's go back three, four years if he's asked that. That's not the answer he gives. No, he, he, he followed to say, I'm not sure if I'm available or not. Hopefully, I'll play in Seattle forever. I want to be involved. At the end of the day, it's your legacy, your team, your team's legacy. It helps to be involved more. That dialogue should happen more often. To me, that's saying, hey, general manager, John Schneider, I'm listening, mm -hmm. but I'm, I want you to listen to. Absolutely. I'm here if you want me, but if, if you're not going to take care of me, man, I'd, uh, I know a lot of teams would be more than willing to take it's care of It's almost like he's asking, cut the court. Don't prolong yeah. this. Yeah, just, let's just go. let let's me go, go if you're not happy. Let's go. Let's go, man. Let's go. And just yep. for that, let's go. Let's go. Let's keep moving on, bro. Let's <laughs> keep moving on. Just like that. Let's cut the cord on this conversation. Let's go on to the next thing, which is going to be all you, man. This is your two minutes of fame. This is your two minutes to vent. This is your Yanko Yeet. Thanks, Charlie. So this week's Yanko Yeet is more related to uh, the media. Now, to a certain degree, I, Charlie, Josh, are doing a little bit of media, right? But what do I mean by media? I really don't like when media starts stirring up, and I mentioned it earlier uh, in this podcast, where they get snippets and then they turn it into something 
that isn't, right? Russell Wilson could legitimately be expressing his feelings, but the media has a ten tendency to twist things. The media has a tendency to either glorify you or overnight take you into the dumps. And I know it's their job. I know it's something that they're paid to do. That makes them relatable. That makes them click-baitable. That gets the interaction from the consumer to click and watch and anything else. What I don't like is how much time and effort is spent to this. Give me facts. I want to know what's legitimately happening. I want to know what's happening with my team. I want to know what's happening with the league. I want to know what legitimately could be and will be. Don't throw out there the clickbaits. Don't throw out there the Instagram likes. Don't throw out there the fact that you're trying to become relevant. Because if you're trying that hard, media, to step up and do things because you're just going to put outlandish, crazy theories up into the air, then stop wasting my time. I know there's there there are definitely podcasts that make a living out of making these crazy ludicrous suggestions. Hey, I I used to watch some of those shows. I did. But hey media, do us the fan a favor. Give us the real stuff. Give us the stuff that that is actually pertinent. Give us the stuff that is particular to my team, particular to the truth, to avoid confrontations near the water cooler talk. Hey, I heard uh, Derek Carr is going to be traded for uh you know, a left leg and maybe a prosthetic arm. What? Where did you hear that? How did you hear that? Why are you trying to inst instigate me as a fan? Now, you could say, who are you surrounding yourself with, right? But my yeet, my Yanko's yeet this week is with the media. Stop giving us and force feeding us things that are completely irrelevant to anything that's going on. Yes, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yes, maybe Russell does want to leave. Yes, maybe Deshaun is unhappy in Houston. Yes, maybe, I don't know, Trevor Lawrence isn't as good as Justin Herbert. That's our take from our point of the media, right? Or vice versa. But give us solid truth. And honestly, I appreciate the listeners who listen to us. Because we're giving you that. We're giving you what we think is the truth. What we think is going to be relevant for you as a listener. Not the clipbait stuff that send you down a rabbit hole that has no sense whatsoever. So this week's Yeet, hey, media, step up. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. Nice. Is it safe to say the 2020 was, I mean, it was a bad year overall. We were stuck in our houses forever. Yeah. Golly. Um, but football was good. I it mean, was. We, we went from, I was just looking at my timeline from my phone this morning, and it was, I guess, one of the final things I was able to do before uh, – COVID hit, I guess, or struck down in our area was we got to go to the Monster Jam, which is crazy to think that I was in a stadium filled with 50,000 people a few days <laughs> before I, was, I wasn't I was able to leave my house anymore. But that kind of got me thinking to, to think back at the NFL season. Because after, after going through this whole COVID thing, you know, six months of, you know, we forget, we, we had no sports on TV for a long time. And, and boy, was that hard. I, I know I got into the whole basketball when they came back because it was nice to see a little bit of that, a little bit of soccer. Yeah, for but sure. But once, once the NFL came back, it was like, oh, man, now, now everything's great again. So they got me to think, what was, what, what was, what was the take? What was, our, what was the coolest things that happened in the 2020 season? Was there anything that caught your eye? And not necessarily just games, anything. Anything really that caught your eye out of the 2020 season. So, yeah, definitely uh, a couple of, Top 10 plays, a couple right. of uh, different uh, memorable moments, if you want to say that. First one that comes to mind, and not to talk too much about the Seahawks this time, but 
DK Metcalf chasing down oh, Buda Baker Buda on that Baker. interception. The oh. it, it looked like a Panther chasing down a, a gazelle. I mean, the stature that he carries, it's such a huge physical specimen that DK Metcalf has to not only catch up to him, but if you see the full-length video or that clip of when he did it, he is way behind Buda Baker. As a matter of fact, there you if you listen to uh, the, the mic'd up moments of that game, Buda Baker says, where did he come from? How did he catch me? And this is a professional athlete who runs fast. They this clocked. doesn't happen in the NFL. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> the way he caught up to him, the way that it showed grit and it showed you know, his actual physical gifts that he has, when it, I saw it live, and when it happened, it it, left it, you in awe. it dumbfounded me. It really did found me. Because even in the TV screen frame, when Buddha's running back for what seems forever now, right? I thought it was a legit pick six. Like, that's done. You, you almost get up to go to the restroom. Like, oh, well, exactly. That's that's done. Yeah, all right, cool. I have the Cardinals defense on, on fantasy. I'm about to get a couple of points. Perfect. Course, and then all, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, DK. Mm-hmm. A uh, one of the best uh, plays overall I've seen. I think I got to say this is the greatest wide receiver play, play, not including anything on offense, if that makes any sense. So a play by a receiver having to play defense at that. That was great, great, great uh, little nugget. So before, that, before that you give yours, I want uh-huh. to give a good one, and then I have yes. a bad one. Okay, okay. I, I, I So – Funny thing is, I, I actually I noted five of them. I, I just wanted five moments, but they weren't what you would call necessarily focused on a play. It was just things, okay? Okay. But I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna completely. It's nothing to do with what you mentioned. The number one memory that I got coming out was Lamar Jackson disappearing to have to go take a dump <laughs> during Monday Night Football, man. Yes. I mean, Bro, that that was, yes. that, was a, that, that was a movie, man. Out of nowhere, he comes out. It looks like the game's over. It looks like they got no chance. It's the end. It's the final play. And Lamar Jackson comes out of nowhere, and he throws the game-winning touchdown. Yep. Was it a game-winning touchdown? It was right against Cleveland. I, they yeah, ended up game- winning that game, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I, I thought that, I mean, and, and the reason I bring it up is because, I to me, that was awesome. <laughs> You're watching football, and, and out of nowhere, that happens. I, I that was super cool. one of the better memes I saw is of that particular moment is and if you share a lot of gifts with your friends or whatnot there's a an, an Elmo sitting on a plastic toilet you know kind of just enjoying taking a little poop right now the me behind it was can we just remember that Lamar Jackson went to take a poop and statistically speaking he came back and hasn't lost since they went on a run they, they sure went on a run did. after the poop Hey, bro, he had to get it out of his system so he could finally yeah. win. Hey, bro, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, if you got anything else, I'll, I'll get to mine again right now. Sure. Is there so one of the one of the I had my good. And then this is the bad, right? So let's go back to the week that Detroit and Atlanta are playing in Atlanta. Okay. And all Atlanta needs to do is kill the clock. Now, <laughs> if you're Todd Gurley. In this situation, you've been told multiple times by probably your quarterback and maybe even on the sideline by your coaches, your running backs coach, your offensive coordinator, or your head coach, do not score. Do not score. Just take a knee. Run up a little bit. 
kill a little bit of clock, but do not store. So this happens in the fourth quarter with a minute 10 left. And what does he do? It's like he has a little bit of a, of a brain fart, takes the rock, runs, and he tries to stop while running. And you see the defenders. You see the Lions defenders step back and, okay, you're doing was, our job for us. And that's got to be one of the weirdest plays. It was like almost an alternate universe kind of play. Suddenly you let the you see the defenders go ahead, bro. He's yeah. trying to throw himself backwards to not yep. cross the line, yet the ball tiptoes into it was weird. That was <laughs> and at that point, the Lions were two and three. The Falcons were one and five. How much of the how much of that season changes if the Falcons not only win that one, but they were a part of another disaster against oh, the Cowboys man. and the onside kick. Which the guy the, the Falcons player is literally looking at the ball. And does not that? pick it up. Wait, are we supposed to get that football? Are we supposed <laughs> to get that football? <laughs> That's what you get paid to do, man. Oh man, that 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 it, it's hard to be an Atlanta fan, and, and you gotta wonder like, man. does that twenty-eight three continue to haunt them? You know, is is that is that That's just not, that doesn't sound like a hangover. That sounds like a trauma. Oh, that is a trauma. Absolutely. Hey, let's look at something nice, something good out of the twenty twenty season. Alex Smith, he comes back yeah. from his injury. That is a bro near death situation. He was he was close to dying. Not he was yeah. close to losing his his amputating foot, his leg. His, yeah, his leg. Hey, that that is that is respect to that man. Uh, whether he's good like he used to be can be debatable. I still think he's a pretty, you know, average quarterback. He's always been average. I think something like that is is just impressive to come back. And and I read this morning that Washington is planning on parting ways with him. He is planning on continue. To have an opportunity somewhere wherever anybody gives him, but I, I just I put my you know my my hat down to him. That, of course, that res- respect. What what an what a what a great moment to just come in and and you know he helped you know make this Washington team relevant and and people forget, but that team no longer led by Alex Smith, but that team almost beat the the the, 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 the Super Bucks. Bowl champs. They yeah. almost beat him. So with the guy that they resigned. Yeah. Yeah, like with, with the quarterback Heineke. that they resigned, and Heineke. a little bit of El Paso moment that game too, right? Oh boy, that was. I gotta say, and, and listeners, um, I, I I I respect to Tyler Heineke because he had an amazing game. There was a moment throughout that game when Tyler Heineke went down; he was injured, and next up was Steven Montes, uh, alumni alumni from uh, Del Valle High School. Uh, yeah, Colorado I, University. Colorado, Colorado University, and it's cool because I actually I live about. Uh, Two blocks away from Novi High School, um, I went to all his Friday night games because it's Friday night lights. Oh, I, cool. love to go to the I, I like to go to the football games. My brother-in-law actually was a senior. You know, he was a senior. He he was just he was he was in the in in the school while he was a senior that year. So he got to at least see him in the hallways. You know, kind of see that. Cool. So it was, it, it, I relate to him. I I, yeah. I never met the guy. I don't know the guy. You know, nothing like that. But he's El Paso. So for that moment, Heineke goes down. You never you never wish any any kind of injury. But for that moment, I gotta see that was a. I remember my wife. I called my wife. I was like, "Hey, come on down." I called my my, <laughs> my father-in-law, my mother-in-law. Everybody's in the living room, and we're all like, "He's about to come in. He's about to come in." And for some reason, that that whole thing got delayed. And next thing you know, Tyler Haneke puts his helmet in, and we're like, "Oh man, <laughs> Stephen Montes didn't come in." So shout you know, out, shout out to the nine one five and always uh, supporting. Yeah, man. The- Always showing the, the love the to Aaron, other people. The Aaron Jones of the world and the Stephen Monk. For of the sure. World. And, For and people sure. forget the John Skelton's of the world. Just, just throwing it out Skelton there. Skelton, too. John Skelton, quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals and alumni from 
Burgess High School. So quick, and I don't mean to uh, go down a quick rabbit hole, but Alex Smith, great guy, drafted by your Niners. Yep. Always been a decent to good quarterback in the league. Totally deserving of every accolade that he's had, right? Mm-hmm. Serviceable quarterback, maybe as a backup? Or do you I think, think he's, he's still a starter in this league? No, I think he's an above-average backup. I think we have realized in the NFL that you got to pay to to have a backup. Look what happened to the 49ers last year. You didn't have a backup that was a little bit above-average serviceable, and then the season went downhill. Granted, they had a lot of injuries other places, but... You see other teams that have been in. Look at the Chiefs last year, the, the Super Bowl run that they had. Mahomes yep. only went down two games, but they were still able to survive even with the backup quarterback. Why? Because they invested into having someone that knows the system and, and works. I think you put Alex Smith. Uh, think about here's here's a little one. What about Jacksonville? And, you and read why? my mind, Charlie. Oh wow, this is crazy. And, and guys, we we didn't talk about this, but Urban Meyer has a previous relationship with Alex Smith. Alex Smith goes to to um, Jacksonville. They draft Trevor Lawrence. You all remember what happened to the last quarterback Alex Smith mentored legitimately? Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, guys. And I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is going to be Patrick Mahomes. but It definitely does you know, help. Look Alex how long Smith. Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre. Yeah. And, and look, I know his career was cut short, this and that. Kaepernick, you know. And I'm not trying to get – we're totally getting into a rabbit hole here. But Kaepernick – who, who mentored him? You know, Alex Smith mentored him. At the end yep. of the day, he lost his job to him. Yep. Alex Smith is, is you know, we've, we've, I think this whole episode of anything, we, we're going to name this the, the, the episode of the respectable players in the NFL. Because Alex Smith, that's what he is. He's one of the most respected, most definitely. Know, high-class players in the NFL. So, once again, I love the fact he came back. So, let me help, let me help uh, the show transition a little bit, right? Okay. So, relevant backup quarterbacks. You, you need them. It's almost... Uh, one of the more important pieces, if not the most important piece, to have behind your starting quarterback in regards to supporting your team as a whole. Mm-hmm. And the last time, the most famous backup <laughs> quarterback. He's the GOAT now. Came in, won the Super Bowl, was in Philly. You had Wait, Nick what? Foles. Oh, man, I'm thinking about another situation. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's a, he Foles. was a backup. You're right, man. Nick Foles, Nick Foles. I was thinking so before. That's good, man. I was just gonna say, uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady actually ended up being the goat because he took in for the injured um, Kurt Drew Warner. No, oh, Drew Bledsoe. That's right. My bad. Yeah, that's right. No. I thought no, the wrong when, team. When, when uh, apparently, if so a little completely side, but uh, interesting story. Drew Bledsoe actually could have died in that game. Uh, he he had really? a severe he had a severe concussion in that hit. He was actually bleeding internally. So that's actually crazy to think that in that play, it was, it was just crazy, crazy story there. That's where uh, uh, Tom Brady ended up coming out and ended up going. Well, and all that. he crazy started stuff. his Thanos career, right? Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. But yeah, and, and Nick Foles, but before, before we go to Nick Foles, I'm, I'm not going to forget about Nick Foles. One final note that I'd like to mention about the 2020 season, because it kind of relates to what we talked about last week, a little bit of the TV contracts. We have football every single day of the week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. For the first time ever in an NFL season, we had a football game every single day. Of You're the right. Week. You're right. Because of COVID, you know, everything was moving games around, around postponements. But, 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 but let me ask you this. Did you not enjoy, you know, oh, showing, showing up on a Wednesday? Let me tell you something. You... <laughs> let me tell you someone who didn't enjoy that was oh, my significant man. other. 
Absolutely. And, and, and hopefully they're not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, the, it, it was like, wait, what? I thought you said football was a Sunday thing. Well, yeah, but COVID, we know COVID's a little different. Everyone's but, having but, to adjust, babe, even you. Even, even, even the NFL. But, hey, <laughs> that, that opens up a question. Should the NFL consider maybe once in a while throwing another game another day of the week? Is it crazy to think that the ratings were good and maybe you can now have a Tuesday night football game here and there? Well, you know how you do that? You add another game to the end of the season. Yes, you do. And that's a, and that's a conversation that we're going to jump on to. Uh, the 17th game. The NFL has been talking about that. The media has been talking about it. And not to talk about the media. I know how much you love the media. <laughs> but apparently the, the, the talks are, are finalizing on that. Apparently the last CBA uh, was actually talked about. The, the NFL would be moving into a 17-game schedule for the 2021 season. It looks like it's a done deal. It looks like it's going to happen. I think, if anything, that's going to help the, the cap situation a little bit because that's another game, another another reason that the the, the, the TV partners want the NFL. True. That's another weekend. So Let's get into that. Yeah, so kind of going back towards that, right? A 17-game schedule, it has its process, right? It needs to be voted on by the NFL brass. It needs to be voted on by the GMs of the league. And then you have the CBA, right? With all of that being said, last March is when players approved a new CBA that included the 17-game schedule. Now, from a player perspective, playing that many times a year definitely takes a toll on your body, yes, it right? Is. The NFL is a business. The NFL will likely move the uh, the Super Bowl another week because now there's a week added to the end of the season. You are already have a little bit of an adjustment with what we saw in the playoff format this year or this past year in 2020. So what does that do during the week, right? Well, how does that how does that work? Well, COVID definitely made some adjustments to flexing some games in, or because of postponements, because of people mm-hmm. getting sick or can. Uh, contagious with uh, testing positive. I certainly supported and saw the games, but it was easy to catch because a lot of those games were on television with the three-letter networks, right? It was on CBS, it was on Fox, it was on, you name it, NBC, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. It was easy to get. However, with that access being there, I would be interested to see the numbers behind it because the TV isn't going to show something that your a TV network isn't going to show something that didn't bring in the viewers, no, because then the not. viewers aren't there. That means that the the advertisements, all the commercials that these other companies are paying now a little bit more money for, aren't going to want to do. Aside from the fact that a lot of these networks already have their series schedule, right? So you have, let's say for example, NBC comes to mind real quick. You have Chicago PD and FD and all kinds of other series that they've already made their money on. Where do you move those shows? Where do you put them? Where do you put them? How? Which ones do you cut? Which? So it's not, it's more about the NFL playing on any other random but, day that we're not used and, to. And, and, and here's the thing, though, and then maybe just to switch that up, though, if you're NBC, I know you already have these shows, but what do you want? Twenty million viewers or four or five that then become three, two, then then become one million. You know, I, I, and again. You know, it's just a, it's a question. It, it is, ask. but now you now you start talking about these huge, you know, money giants, right? Owners mm-hmm. of these network television uh, companies. The NFL, it's it's said to say, it's been said that the NFL owns Sunday, mm-hmm. right? 
it's it's religious for some people yeah. and how much time and effort from a fan and from everything right in the background is invested to Sunday and NFL. But what does the 17 game do? Well, maybe you're you're a fan of the team that needed one more win this last season to get into the wild card, to get into the playoffs. What does that do for playoff games? Do we maybe have a Monday night wild card game? Because now you're showing complete flexibility yep. on the days that you're trying to uh, appease the masses to attract them to come and watch. 17 games, I know it's only one more game, but the ripple effect that it has on yep. viewership, on money, on the salary cap, oh, on the player. Well, let's let's put it this way. Think about think about this 17-game season. Think about the whole TV contracts, and, and let's look at how much money the NFL loves to make. The NFL could single-handedly sell this 17-game package, they say, you know, the extra game, Every single week, line up one game every single week yep. out of this new package and call it the 17th game pack. I don't know. With not even, and, and you know, this is where it kind of stinks for the viewer. If it's you and me, you know, the casual fan, because they could very well hand it to Amazon. As you mentioned last week, you went into the details about that. They could easily hand it off to Apple TV, Netflix, Hulu, who knows? You know, it, there's so many options out there. Yeah. But, but it could very well be that we are about to enter. A 17th game regular, a regular season game where the casual fan doesn't have access to. Where maybe, just maybe, that 17th game might be even at 2 o'clock on a Sunday, but that game isn't on Fox, that game isn't on CBS, and that game isn't on NBC. That game is on, and you name whatever. The NFL is about money. So that could be something where the NFL, hey, someone wants to throw a billion, $2 billion for those 17 games. You never know. And my only hesitation with the, the whole thing, and not necessarily from a fan or for uh, anything that's particular to my personal opinions. But there's something going still going on in the world right now that can dictate how hard it is to stuff in 17 games. It was already hard for already NFL. Hard for 16, man. Exactly. Now, if you involve COVID and if it's still relevant, which I, I personal opinion, still think will be for through the 2021 NFL season, now you're having to manage that many, uh, many teams for one more game that you're having to flex, that you're having to move, that you're having to kind of just misplace or double header, right? That you have to start having because there's that many, there's that one more game paid, being played by that many teams that could be affected on a in a situation that isn't controllable. Yeah, it, it's tough. And, and you want to get you want to give somebody else a headache uh, with this 17 game schedule. If you guys ever get the opportunity, go to NFL.com and look up a video that's called. Uh, how the NFL makers create the schedule, that thing's going to give you a headache. The way the NFL creates the schedule, this 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 begins as soon as the season's over. And they got to put on all, all these calculations. There are millions of millions of different opportunities on how the game's going to be played, what's going to be on prime time, what, how are these – and there's all these different simu simulations on actually what will happen. Man, those guys are going to get a massive headache when they tell them, you know what, guys, uh, I know you guys make your 16-game schedule – but you guys are going to have to tweak that up, and now you got to make a 17-game schedule. Believe me, that's actually something that flips everything out. And, that and, sounds and, like a headache for sure. It sounds. It's crazy, bro. And a little a little interesting note, the NFL has mentioned the 17th game will actually be interconference, meaning the NFC would be facing off against the AFC. You know the NFL is all about, you know, is it a competitive advantage? Is, is this an affair? Um, apparently, the idea behind this is, the NFC and the AFC would be rotating every year between that extra game being a home game and an away game. What does that mean? 
every year, let's say this year, it's all the NFC against the AFC teams. Apparently, for the 2021 season, all the AFC teams will actually be host for a ninth home game this year, receiving oh. that extra NFC team. So apparently, the, the, the news is that if your team plays an uh, AFC team for that 17th game, you will actually be going to the AFC for their games. So that's actually going to be – it'll be a rotating schedule, meaning got it. whatever division you're not playing against in the opposite conference, you're actually going to go against a particular conference that, that will be rotating, rotating every four years, and you'll be facing off against the, the team, wherever position was in that division against the other division is facing off. It's a little confusing, but that's basically what um, – what the new the, the new system is going to be. And to follow up with your with your explanation, reports are explaining that in the delay of the official announcement, because this could take weeks if not months to be mm -hmm. decided on. The NFL first first must negotiate at least one new media contract in order to make the move to seventeen games. Yeah, there you go. See, it, it, it so sense. someone's gonna win. And Money wise, someone's gonna win. You know, last and, week. And you know what? It might not be the consumer. No, it won't be the consumer. And last week you asked what what do you what do you think would be an answer to the as a fan what would you like to see from this media uh, TV contract to come out right and it resonated with me a little bit after we got off air and I've I had a time to kind of listen to the podcast over again and really think and it came to me if they being the NFL or the media that will host the NFL games sold a package to the fan for their team. So I live in I live in the DFW area. I rarely get any games from the West Coast or the Las Vegas Raiders, the ones they're involved in, unless oh, they're boy. playing some so, kind so, of... So, so you're like me, you turn on Fox and it's the Cowboys every... Oh my gosh. And if it isn't, uh, if I, I turn on CBS and it's the Texans. Correct. I would pay money to say, give me a package that will show me every... Las Vegas Raiders game. Mm -hmm. We already pay for Sunday ticket. So, so, something, for... so something like a NBA package, right? I don't know if you're yeah. familiar with the NBA package. Yeah, exactly. You know, the NBA actually goes to the point, and, and I don't know this is an NFL contract, but I think I think the NFL is a copycat league. And if something works for somebody else, why not? The, the NBA actually sells a package. I don't know what it is the cost for this year, but last year it was like $1.99 or something, where you can actually pay for the last five minutes of a game. You actually pay, oh, and it's the last five minutes. You go in and you just watch the last five minutes of the game. I mean, I'm a fan that I couldn't just do the last five minutes of the game. I'm not that guy. I like to DVR my games, and if I have to watch it, I want to watch the whole thing. But for the casual fan, hey, a dollar ninety nine here and there, I'll just to watch the last five minutes of the game, or, or the opportunity to just buy all your. I, as a Niner fan, do what, you you you're a Raider fan. I'm a Niner fan, and I think you and me are football fans. We like to watch football. Of course. So, so that involves other teams as well. But for the casual hardcore fan, he doesn't want to watch the Cowboys, even though he lives in Texas. He wants to watch the Packers, or he wants to watch the Jaguars, or he wants to watch the Browns. I don't want to pay for games that I'm not going to watch. Exactly. So I completely resonate with you in that way of thinking. I completely think the NFL should look into this. But here's the thing. They're making money off a of Sunday ticket anyway. Yep. So uh, the only way we're ever going to get this is if people just didn't buy it. And football, the NFL is so big, that probably won't be the deal. I'm Bro, guilty let's, of it. Let's, let's, I am too. I am too. Let's continue on to our next section. Last week, this was a matter of high turbulence, high 
energy, <laughs> arguments. People gave me pretty good feedback about it. They, they loved the energy that we had. So let's get into it again. Would you rather? And I'm going to mention a name that was mentioned last week that caused controversy. But now let's, let's, let's compare him to a bigger opposite. I mean, a bigger quarterback, let's say that. Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson? Go. Obviously, that controversy revolved around my take with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. Okay. And my, the, fundamentally, what I stood on was that Justin Herbert, although he put up amazing numbers, I acknowledge that. It was hard for me to compare someone who played right under a full season and someone who's coming in to the league. Andrew Luck got a ton of praise, almost as equal to what Trevor Lawrence is getting now. Although some reports are starting to show that his stock is starting to slip a little bit because a little bit of a surgery that he had and everything else. Mm -hmm. But what I stood on was the fact that there wasn't a lot of data and a lot of history that proved to that Justin Herbert was ultimately leaps and bounds better than Trevor Lawrence. With that being said, I'm still going to think that way where I would take Deshaun over Trevor because Deshaun has shown to and proved that he's a good quarterback. Not only is he a good quarterback, but he's a good quarterback in a horrible organization. <laughs> you had your best friend traded away to the Arizona Cardinals. You JJ Watt left now. When you had your best statistical year. And you still had a, a great year. You still are considered a top-tier quarterback. You still this, still that, and I could go on and on and on. But maybe we were fishing for a little controversy. I'm right. going with Deshaun. You, you are absolutely going to get controversy, my friend, because I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence. And, <laughs> and this, <laughs> this is where it's funny because I was actually I, – I was nervous about putting this question because I, I knew Josh wasn't going to be able to join us, and I actually had an idea that you were going to go Trevor Lawrence. So the fact that you're not going Trevor Lawrence actually leaves me in a, in a situation where I'm, I'm, I'm being happy to come in. All right, let's look at it this way. Trevor Lawrence, he's supposed to be the next amazing big thing, right? And, and I'm going to stand by what I said about Justin Herbert. I believe Justin Herbert, he's not going to be able to replicate what Justin Herbert had this year. I don't believe he will. But what Justin Herbert did was amazing anyway. But let's say he gives me 75% of what Justin Herbert did last year. This is at a rookie contract. You're going to give me a top 10 situation. Deshaun Watson, the reports are the cap hits that is going to come in, not this season, but next season and the following season, the amount of draft capital that you got to go give up and do for getting Deshaun Watson. Oh, man, I, I just think my, my franchise is a better in a better situation for success long term if I begin building around Trevor Lawrence now. If he's as good as people say, if he's as good as Yankel swears he is, if he's as good as Trevor says he is, then I, there's no reason. It, to me, it's a, it's a no-brainer. I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence. Why? Rookie contract. The argument to why I took a, um, Herbert last week, Herbert both won the rookie contract. So, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's where I'm at. I understand Deshaun is better. I'm not going to argue that. I'm not arguing that at all. I, I, I'd i be shocked. I'd be shocked if Trevor Lawrence could replicate Watson's success instantly. But if, if Lawrence is as good as he's saying, hey, bro, I, I, think, I think you can build a pretty – Decent team around him just now. 
I agree with you, okay? From a GM owner perspective. Okay. Obviously, you're having, like you said, you're having to give up uh, trade assets for Deshaun. You're, mm -hmm. you're inheriting a contract, and you're almost talking about and emulating what the Rams did when they did pick up and didn't pay for a couple of years Jared Goff, right? He was mm -hmm. cheap. He was serviceable. They drafted him a higher than I thought anyone would have because I didn't think too much of Jared Goff. However, it was a recipe for success because they did end up eventually going to the Super Bowl. They lost. But there's something to say about a team that beat out a whole conference to get to the Super Bowl. That means you're, you're second best in the league from whatever perspective you want to look at it, right? Statistically, you're number two. Got it. But if you're, if I'm going to put on that GM hat just like you did, and if you're, you need to win now, and you don't have the time to groom, you don't have the time to bring in, let's say, Alex Smith to show Trevor Lawrence the NFL ropes, you, you're in a win now situation i think statistically or the more debatable better said there are teams in the nfl that need to win now either because the their franchise has been in the dumps and they need to bring their fan base back they need to make their themselves relevant again and i'm going to ignore cap i'm going to ignore money okay. i'm going to ignore i'm going to give you an example that maybe is one of those teams that is in a real desperate win now situation the browns how long has the browns drought been right no they're getting better right now but if yeah. you told me that i took out baker and put in deshaun they wouldn't super Bowl. that's a whole different team a win a, a, a kind of a win now because you start having windows of careers right of where the stars line up and you start having great teams that not only have good coaching that have a good staff but that have players that are good at their position and get along. There's something to say about a locker room being in harmony with each other. And you plug in someone like that, it's better. Now, Jacksonville, they're they're the number one pick for a reason, right? They've been atrocious, aside from their AFC championship appearance, right? And that might have been lightning in a bottle. However, if you were to tell Urban Meyer, and this is a question towards you, Charlie, hey, what if we get Deshaun? You don't think he considers it a little bit? I do. I do. I do think he considers it. I do think he considers it. But are you asking me, we're going to get him for free? Or are we going to get him? No, no, no. You know? and, and that's what I meant with, like, I'm not I'm not thinking about right now okay. because this okay. is a, what a, one of those what would what, you do what, moments, what right? What would you do? Yeah, we're completely, completely. And to me, I'm more of a, a win now. Mm -hmm. Because if I win now, that shows the NFL market, the trade market, players in the league that as a franchise, I'm willing to invest and we're able to build. Because how many times has a good player been traded to a team, but it's not successful? Well, oh, I mean, OBJ, you know, I know I know the Browns are being successful, but really OBJ is not being successful there. And it was supposed to be the, the greatest thing. on, and, and that's just one example. Exactly. And, and one, one that comes to mind. To for debated debatable purposes it's easy to stand on either side for this I conversation so i think so now josh what I, what, what I was yeah i josh 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 would probably go on a little bit of a rant right now i think i think josh <laughs> I, he, he would be he would say be saying something in the not to open up a can of worms guys but exactly 
I'll and you, for the for the uh, our listeners who can't read our body language right now, Charlie just nailed the body language that Josh brings <laughs> to the table when he's going to not to open up a can of worms, guys. So I know Josh's ears are burning right now, and he I expect I I honestly do his take for this what if moment next week because he's he's that type of guy. Josh always brings, and I've known him for years. You've known him for a while too. He always yep. brings this this different concept he's, and this he's gonna different. Bring, he's going to bring a note that we're not even thinking of, just a little something. No pressure. No pressure, uh, Josh, <laughs> but you, you better bring something good next week. All right, but, Yankel, here, here, here's, here's another one. So let's get, let's get going. Because obviously, that, that's, it's, 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 it's good conversation. But let's, of course, of course. Here, here's the other one. And this is, this is, we're going to wrap it up with this one. Would you rather be the GM? Remember, and the circumstances are right now. Okay. Be the GM of the Texans? Or the Chicago Bears. I'm going to say the Texans. Ah, you, this isn't going to be debatable then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say the Texans, and this is why. This is why. I have an excuse in Houston mm-hmm. to rebuild and make it my own. I could get rid of Deshaun, and not, not willingly, begrudgingly, stockpile draft picks and. That's a whole different uh, conversation about draft picks don't really mean much, and it could be boom or bust. I, I totally you're, get but it. You're, but you're the new GM. You're but the I'm new the GM, new GM. And it's not your fault. It's not exactly. your fault. You have to trade away a megastar. It's not, I'm inheriting a, a situation that's a little sticky. I, I definitely do have a, a conversation with Deshaun. Hear him out. Because he's a player that demands that respect. And if yeah. there's something that I can do to keep him, I and will, but if it's if it's if it isn't salvageable, if it's if it's something that is an opportunity to hit the reset button, I get to show my and this isn't an actual word, right? But my G image, and yeah. say this is the coach I want. This is who I, what I get to manage. Look at everything I have. I have the owner's blessing to do this, 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 and this, and this. And I I tried to personally make Houston relevant. So from a career point of view. I would definitely take Houston. Okay, so obviously we're, we're actually on the same page on this one. So I am actually gonna I'm gonna turn the page over and I'm gonna look at it from another angle. I'm gonna tell you why I wouldn't want to be Chicago. That way I don't kind of go over the same points that you just mentioned. I, I I am on board with you. I completely agree with you. But let's let's see why would I not want to be Chicago? Okay, number one I mentioned to you right now, the situation in in, in Chicago right now is not good. They should have won. They they. They traded two first rounders to get Khalil Mack. Yeah. They 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 have stockpiled an amazing defense. And not only can they not figure out how to succeed in the playoffs, they can't figure out how to beat the Packers. Right? True. And, and here's the thing, man. I I I don't I re, I respect the Packers, but I don't believe the Packers are anything that you would consider earth shattering, NFL shattering, where. They're the greatest team in the no, it, it almost feels to me like the Bears just can't figure out the Packers ever. It, 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 it's crazy. So now, so now offensively, I am hearing that Nick Foles is being considered to start <laughs> in Chicago this year. Okay. Okay. You know, you mentioned earlier Nick Foles, he won a Super Bowl. That was a fluke, man. That was a fluke. Uh, I, I understand that Nick Foles was was helped by an amazing defense. He had an amazing game, this and that, whatever. 
But regardless of what you do, if you're the GM of Chicago right now, it needs to work right now. Yep. It needs to work right now. You need to figure out what quarterback wants to actually come here. And whoever comes here, you need to make sure that that guy not maybe not wins you the Super Bowl, but at least an NFC championship. At least a win in the playoffs that makes other teams scared. Right now, Chicago scares nobody. And I and I think I said it, I don't know if it was the last episode or the episode before, but I believe that Chicago is one or two steps away from self-imploding like Houston is or how Houston imploded just a year ago. I think Houston, I mean, I think Chicago should have said this offseason, guys, um, we couldn't do it. You know, we don't have a quarterback right now. Let's just... Let's start trading away your pieces. Let's start figuring it out. You know, yeah. Allen, Allen Robinson doesn't want to come back. You know, we don't, our best running back, I know David Montgomery is not bad. We don't have the asset. We have great assets. Let's try to get something out of it. Let's salvage it and let's start again. And I would, but, I would really like to hear, uh, and this is a, a shameless plug, but I would really like to hear the input because there are, we know for a fact that there are ba- Bears fans that listen to this podcast. Hey, hit us up on cyj.podcast at gmail.com. Message one of us, uh, Charlie, Yanko, or Josh directly, because I, I totally believe that they have something to say about this. As a fan, do you want to completely rebuild or do you want to try to keep those pieces that you're talking about, Charlie? Now, from a GM perspective, I'm, I'm, right, on, I'm right there with you. It's, it's easier to talk about not as a fan of the Bears than it is to sit by outside of enemy lines per se and kind of look in from the outside absolutely and 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 that's the thing as a fan do you ever want to hear the word rebuild mm, not really you don't you you always want to think you have a yeah. chance you yeah. always do as a realistic nfl fan that's where it changes i think i said it in my first podcast here as a niner fan even in my worst years even in the year we went two and 14 and the only team we could beat were the arizona cardinals even then, before the season, you kind of thought, well, if the ball kind of bounces this Just way. Just maybe. Oh, maybe. And then you saw the first play of the season, and you're like, oh, Lord. <laughs> and, then you, and, then, and then it's the third quarter, and you're making calculations. Well, if we get three touchdowns and onside kick three times, and we might just have a chance. Okay, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> but but, but as, a, as, as an analyst, to say, you, you know, you kind of understand. Sometimes you got to rebuild. So I am going to challenge our listeners. So I, I know Yank would just challenge our, our Bear listeners. Here's a challenge to you guys. The guys who've been listening to us, we're, we're going on our fourth episode. I'd like our fifth episode, if possible, to surround around you guys. You guys now understand where we're going on all of this. I want you guys to give us your input on your team. Where is your team headed? Give us a reason to argue against you. Not just argue, or do agree with you. Give us something about your team. We want to know who your team is. We want to know who our listeners are mainly hearing for. Give us something in that cyj.podcast uh, at gmail.com and give us something to talk about a little bit more. We have many topics to talk about, but we want to interest you. So particularly, tell us, are we wrong about your Cowboys? Are we wrong about your Bears? Are we wrong about your Niners, Seahawks, Raiders? You know, give us something. Send us that email. We'll look into it, and we'll definitely be talking about it next week. So, or, Yanko, I, I know that wasn't planned, but I think I, I, no, I'd really sure. love to hear. I'd really you, love to. It, this is what I love about this podcast. You've got three guys, and I'm sure Josh would agree, that are kind of vibing on the same frequency. We we are totally there 
to not only give our opinion, but to listen to yours. Mm-hmm. We want to incorporate as much uh, input as we can. Maybe you disagree with something that we've said, that I've said, that Charlie said, that Josh has said. Or you want an, an opinion from an outside perspective. I know we have some Steelers fans that listen. Hey, what do you think are the needs from a non-fan standpoint? What could we do to get better? Or send us some hate mail. Hey, 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 hey. You want to fight with us? You want to argue with us maybe? Hey, call us up. We can we can, we can, can give it five minutes, a little argument section here. It is, it is something we've it. been talking about. We want to make this as interactive as possible. So aside from social media, aside from reaching out to us via text or email or me- any type of message, we are definitely open to giving some time on this podcast to hear you specifically hear you it's not hard to connect we're totally available we can make it work mm-hmm. it's every monday that we're here now we talk about football we talk about every aspect or at least we try to talk about every aspect of football is there something about that relates to football that you want to bring in i mean the sky's the limit right everything from maybe you're into shoes and you you've seen some custom cleats that are out there what are the best custom cleats that you've seen? What do you think about OBJ wearing that expensive watch during that football game where he got fined, but I'm sure he got paid for wearing it? You know, we're not opposed to anything football related. So hit us up. Let us hit know. Us up. Hit us up and we'll talk about it. That's the idea. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's just enjoying the, 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 the few hours that we're here talking. So let's, let's jump into the final section, Yanko. We got one mailback question that came in. It's a good one. It's a it's an interesting one. I think it's a situation that I wish my team was in. I think that's a good problem to have. The question is, what's the deal with Tua at Miami? Hot take for me, and this isn't uh, necessarily a bad one, but it can't be taken that way. What do I mean by that? Well, Tua in Miami, he obviously he comes out of a college powerhouse in Alabama. He competed with Jalen Hurts and actually took over for Jalen Hurts, won a national championship. The accolades line themselves up. Now he goes into Miami behind Fitzmagic, right? And talk about quarterbacks, and we mentioned it earlier in this podcast, talk about quarterbacks who are good backups. As a matter of fact, his nickname came from being randomly successful. It was almost like magic, right? The bearded wonder, you know, so on, so forth. And it's funny because Fitzmagic was almost the old school Jameis Winston, the guy that was going to throw seven touchdowns with seven picks too. And he's kind of, he's kind of gotten away from that last two, three, four years. A little better. Yeah. Most certainly. You know, he, he's definitely a journeyman that's gotten better as the years have gone by. And I felt for him because when he got benched for Tua, he was doing good. Was that a mistake, Yanko? Was that a mistake by Mr. Flores? I think at that point he was evaluating Tua, seeing him in practices, seeing him in what outside, how should I say this? Seeing him to what we don't get to see, right? In the offices, on the practice field. And I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I think it's a clear mistake, though. I mean, you said it earlier in the show, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, you know, Alex Smith. Patrick Mahomes, you you think Andy Reid didn't see Patrick Mahomes throwing those bombs in practice? Yeah. You know, you can't tell me, and I'm not telling you, but I'm, I'm telling Flores, you can't tell me that Tua looked better than what Patrick Mahomes probably looked in practice. 
during that first rookie season. And Patrick Mahomes didn't hit the field until week 17. So it's crazy to me to think that a team that was rolling because the Dolphins were rolling with Fitzmagic suddenly are thrown into a situation where Tua has to play a limited Tua. And and I don't have anything against Tua. I'm not even saying that they shouldn't move forward for Tua. But I just think now they put him in a tough situation. And now the question is, is Tua even going to remain? Because now you put him in a bad situation. So there's something to say, at least for me, for consistency, right? Okay, Brian Flores, you you brought Fitzmagic out. You're going to go with Tua. Don't don't kill his confidence. Against the Raiders? That's exactly where I'm going. Don't kill his confidence if you're going to... You, you got to stick with him. Now, did they end up making the playoffs? At that point, for that game, okay, they were down and they were... They It looked like they were going to lose. Tua was not having a great performance. No. And that was a big game for the Raiders also because as far as that... At that point in that season, they were still statistically in for the playoffs that year. Seven for the seventh seed? Exactly. I would have loved it. All right? I would have really liked for the Raiders to be in the playoffs. And let's call it, it was a fluke. That loss was a fluke. Exactly. That whole... But the only reason the Dolphins remained relevant in that game was because they took Tua out and put Fitzmagic back in. If you don't believe in Fitzpatrick, if you did that early in the year, how many more games could he have won for you? Now, and, it was and, against and the Raider that, team no, that but, doesn't have that, a defense. That, yeah, but that's exactly the point. You know, Tua, Tua comes in because you, you're, you're banking on him, but the reality is, well, if, if you're really banking on him, don't put Fitzpatrick in because if, you, if, the, if the purpose was winning games, you were going to win them with Fitzpatrick, not with Tua. But yep. you're, you're kind of contradicting yourself. Well, which one is it? Yep. Is it is it we want to win or is it develop tour? You know, it, you can't have both. At you that can't point, have both. me, I keep him in. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have taken Fitzpatrick out. But if I'm Flores and I make that a choice, I keep him in because now you gotta start looking into the future, right? Do you get a benefit from putting Tua in the starting lineup? And do you keep that choice if you do make the playoffs? Because the week after they saw the Raiders, they had to go see the Bills. Now you're talking about a division that has the Patriots who, other than this year, right? And I'm going to give some credit to Belichick. He'll probably stay relevant with some offseason moves this year. But the Bills have Josh Allen, who at quarterback is starting to become someone to be spoken about. Not as the guy who can throw it, the guy that's tall, the guy who can do it. But a guy who got better from year one to year two and so on. Like he's starting to progress. You need to let Tua do the same thing if you believe in Tua. If you drafted Tua, if you were are going to be there. I mean, heck, correct me if I'm wrong, Charlie, but when the, the initial trade talks of Deshaun started coming up, it was said, rumored, and how much is the media and part of my heat where I might bite myself on here on this one, was to send Tua to Houston and get Deshaun in Miami. Mm-hmm. Like, why yeah. would you do that to a kid's confidence? He's a rookie. He's young. He needs that direction. He could definitely have learned. And so what? You sacrifice a year. You're a brand new coach. And if you want to continue tenure, tenure if you want to respect, personally for me, you leave, Fitz, you, leave, you leave Fitz in and you continue to build on Tua. Do I think that Tua is buildable? Of course. I do. I really do. I think he has the tools, the physique, and the mindset to become 
a a Russell Wilson 2.0. Wow. Interesting. I, I really do. And only and wow. based and, on and, this. And, and I get it. I get it. You maybe maybe not completely Russell Wilson, but little... not completely. Not yeah, completely. Yeah. But he has the arm. He has the mobility. He's kind of have the same stature. And what I'm doing is I'm reaching out for the fans who maybe not follow or do not follow the Miami Dolphins as much. But he has, at least on paper, the same characteristics that Russell does. He really does. No, he has I a great work ethic. I agree. I agree. I think I think it's a good take. I, do, I really do. Now, I'm going to flip it a little just for the sake of – I actually agree with you. I don't think a team should ever give up on a player that quick. But it's something Josh talked about last week. More and more NFL teams are realizing when they make a mistake, you got to move on. You know, Josh Rosen comes to mind. And I, ironically, Josh Rosen <laughs> – Poor guy, man. That's got to, that's one of the worst luck I've ever seen for an NFL quarterback, but he comes to mind, you know. He, and, and ironically, in in Miami was the situation where, where he was at for a little while. Here's the thing with 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 this: if you're Miami, and as you've mentioned, maybe maybe Flores did see something in practice, or maybe not. Maybe 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 that's the issue. Maybe Flores realized, damn, like maybe I got to see him now, because well, next year we got. We got a Houston, the Houston Texans pick. And as we all know, the Houston yeah. Texans were not doing good. So maybe he had to realize, okay, you know what? Um, I got to realize that this kid's the real deal because next year we're going to have a top five pick for sure. This is something that doesn't really happen in the NFL. You don't tend to get a pick from a team that stinks. That doesn't really happen because teams normally trade first round picks when they're good. So yeah. generally, when you get a pick from someone else, they tend to be, you know, in the in the in the mid twenties, maybe in the teens, maybe doesn't really happen. The Dolphins knew the Texans were on a complete spiral down, so maybe Flores, you know, you flip it a little, little, and he wanted to know, and maybe the answer he got was, you know, maybe this kid isn't as good. Maybe we thought he had a potential to be Russell Wilson, and maybe he's not. Now I'm not saying that I don't believe in Tua. I I believe in Tua. I think I think if I'm an organization that of, of Miami, that's you know you got to say what you got to say about Miami. They didn't have a good early 2000s. Since Marino left, it almost seems like they've been irrelevant. <laughs> they are doing things good. They're doing it almost a very Belichick way. You know, they they Flores came out of that tree. He is from there exactly. You know, for the earlier part of Bill Belichick's career, it almost seemed like his his tree wasn't that great. Anytime they came out of there, they seemed to fail. But it's starting to flip. You know, you, now you got Vrabel. Now you got Flores, you know. I think the only one that comes to mind that didn't have such a successful career was the coach that left uh, for the Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah. Um, I forget his Patricia. name. Mike Patricia. Pat Patricia. Uh, Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia. Well, not just him. Um, uh, this guy. He was just uh, – he was the interim coach for the Texans this year. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well – if we ever remember, we'll get back to him. But he, he he's never been a great coach. He's been a good defensive coordinator. He's a great defense, defensive coordinator. But for the first time, we're starting to see these coaches beginning to be pretty good, you know, pretty good at what they're doing. So, and, and here's a, here's an interesting take. And I know I'm, I'm trying to defend this, you know, if, if you want to get away from him. But if we were to keep, if the Dolphins were to keep to him, an interesting take, I don't know if it was Mel Kuyper who mentioned it, but his take was, out of all the quarterbacks in this year's draft, other than Trevor Lawrence, he doesn't see any of them better or better skilled 
than Daniel Jones of the Giants. Wow. And Daniel yeah, Jones is serviceable. He's he's all right. But but that you know, do you build your franchise around Daniel Jones? He can definitely run pretty fast and, and then and stumble. And then, and then trip on an ant. <laughs> Talk about memorable plays, memorable plays, right? Memorable 2020. Romeo Cornell is the name. Thank you. Romeo Cornell. So as, as as you can see, you know, that's the situation. That's where we're at. I I, I think there's an opportunity there. Uh, I think if you're Miami, I think you should stay put. At the end of the day, I think you should stay put. Build. You got you got a third round pick. If I'm Miami, I actually trade down. I'm pretty sure someone's going oh, to pay. It. Of course. You know, third round pick. You can easily get another first round pick next year. Maybe get a second round pick this year. Maybe even a third round pick. Someone. You know, I think this team this team is building really well, and this team's going to be. I think this team's going to be really really good. The issue for Miami, the big issue, is it's got the Patriots and it's got the Bills in the same division. That's tough. The and, Jets and, 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 and Salah, man. Salah's the coach of the Jets, so you yeah. never even know. You never yeah. even know. And to add to the, a little bit to what you're talking about in the draft, I read a report where this year's draft has the potential to have the most quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Yeah. Uh, so it so, kind of contradicts it. So it's it's uh, maybe what you mentioned. Media, man. Media tends to maybe ov- overblow everything. Media. Media will be the topic of this week. Yanko. It's been fun, man. I know uh, it would have been funner with Josh here for sure. But I think it would have. It's fun. I, I, I like it. We, it's two guys today talking football. Uh, for the listeners, me and Yanko, actually, we barely met about a year ago. Give or take, yeah. It, it's funny because football is its own language. So it was really cool. We met. We actually started talking football. And, you know, we just kind of got going. Here, here we, we are. And there's, some, and there's something to say about having some level-headedness, right? However, when it came to controversy – it's definitely well accepted. So, and that this goes back to you guys. This go this goes back to the listeners. This goes back to give us some material, and not that we're searching for some. Because believe me, guys, we've got material to talk about, and we can definitely talk for hours and hours and hours. But the input definitely gives us some direction, and we have flexibility. I think we really do. JJ Watts news just broke today, so we had a mere couple hours to brush up on some information, make it relevant and talkable as a topic between two guys who have known each other for about a year. Yeah. I think it went well. I think we had a great dynamic. You guys did it while I was out because of, you know, the snowpocalypse. I think you guys did a great job. I can't, I can't wait to hear uh, the feedback from our show today. And Josh is definitely going to be our biggest critic, but I welcome it. It's yeah. constructive. Now, a Josh, couple of... Don't be gone too long. Don't be gone too long, Josh. <laughs> a couple of teasers for next week. We talked about contracts and trades and everything else with quarterbacks. It's starting to brew that Lamar Jackson is also wanting a contract. Who How knows? Much he might he even paid? have one next week. Exactly. A little. He still has two years on his rookie deal, but is the organization trying to avoid franchising him? Does the organization believe in him? What Does do the, the Ravens think? Do the franchise think he's actually going to be the quarterback of the future? Exactly. That's a crazy question to ask, but hey, guys, you want to hear that answer? Tune in next week. And, you know, we're going to be one week closer to the new NFL year starting. J.J. Watt was a piece that fell today. Let's see what happens next. And hopefully next week's uh, podcast is composed of breaking news, uh, more of Yanko's Yeet, subjects that we're going to talk about, a little twist. We're going to do the would you rather, but this time the questions won't be developed by the great Charlie. 
we're going to try to spin in on him and kind of give him some of the questions that we didn't know were coming. And to give you guys some uh, background, guys, the would you rather, when Charlie asked us, Josh and I have no idea that they're coming. And that's what makes it great. So we're going to get, we're going to try Charlie out. We're going to give him an opportunity to shine and maybe create some controversy. But Absolutely. Charlie, it's been awesome. It's been, good, it's been great. It's been good. It's been good. It's, it's been fun, man. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I had a good, we had a good run today. Uh, guys, let's get in next week. Let's get in. Give us, give us your reviews. Give us your, your, your points of view. And, and like I mentioned, I want to know about your team. I want to know about your team and I want to talk about your team. Just about it. CYJ.podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Charlie Yanko Josh podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's been fun. We will see you in eight days. Enjoy it. Spotify, download. Remember, tell two friends to tell two friends. Once again, guys, this has been another edition of the CYJ podcast. See you, Charlie. Adios, man. <laughs>